Hello and welcome to Down to Earth Convos Down Under, Episode 7. In today's episode, you'll hear from our guest, Jane Hall, as we explore limiting beliefs around money, where those beliefs come from, how they hold us back, and how to overcome them. Hi there, Brad, over in Perth, Western Australia. How you doing? Hey, Ali. I'm doing fantastic. How are you over on the Sunshine Coast? I'm doing great today, and I'm very excited to welcome our first guest, on Down to Earth Conversations, the lovely Jane Hall. Hi, Jane. Hi, Ali. Hi, Brad. Thank you for hey. having me. You're welcome. And you're in Canberra, Australia, the capital of Australia. I am. I'm just so excited. Thank you for reaching out, Jane, when we, we put out there our mission to raise financial intelligence amongst our youth, our future generations and families. And this is where I would just love to share with all our listeners today how we met. It was just on a year ago, we met at the Kevin Green Wealth Conference in Sydney, Australia, where my, my son, Sam, he came up to me and he said, Mum, you've got to meet Jane. And I said, yeah, sure, no worries. I'll meet Jane. Where is she? You know? And then once I got to know you and find out these amazing gifts that you have, I worked with you over the last 12 months, which was a very challenging it was so it was such a roller coaster for many many people so we worked I worked one-on-one with you as a rapid transformational therapist and it was just gold what you took what you the limiting beliefs that you helped me break through we also did soul to soul clarity of purpose which was just profound thank you so much Jane you've worked with my young son Bailey as well you are a psychic a medium have I left anything out Jane please I think, I think you've covered that pretty well. So I'm a hypnotherapist and I work with a hybrid form of hypnotherapy, which is called rapid transformational therapy. And I bring a lot of intuition from my abilities to be a psychic as well as a medium to that work as well. Yeah. And you've worked with many clients, helping them break through many limiting beliefs. And um, when we flip over to Brad, where he'll be sharing with our listeners today, what you're going to be helping break through a limiting belief of, finance, having money. I can't wait to get into it. So Brad, would you like to take over? And Absolutely. So Jane's going to share with us some empowering and uh, stories, strategies, basically helping us to understand and be conscious of our own relationship with money and some of those uh, beliefs that are imprinted on us from a young age that contribute and we carry forward with us. So Jane, what is the uh, main point that you'd like to share to start with for us to start thinking about this? Yeah, so it, it, to think about your money mindset and think of it from a perspective of what was I actually taught? What was I taught in my childhood? What was I taught by my family? What was I taught by my education? And what was I taught culturally? So these can really, really impact our life into adult life, right? And we can hold these beliefs all the way through. I have clients that are children. I have clients that are in their 80s that are smashing through beliefs in their 80s that they've had since their childhood. Nice. So the idea of money mindset and limiting beliefs with your money mindset can come from childhood. And just to give you a little bit of a story about my money mindset, where my blocks came from, because I absolutely had blocks. You know, one of the blocks is spiritual people 
shouldn't be paid for what they do. Yeah, because I'm a psychic and a medium. That's crazy. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on my education, traveling all over the world with trying to learn from the best mediums in the world. Why shouldn't I be, why, why am I not worthy enough to charge for money? No. So it's about thinking about that mindset. Where has that come from? Where has that belief come from? That mindset comes from the, a cultural belief or a community belief that you shouldn't have to pay for a, a service that's a spiritual service. You go to church, it's free, right? So I had to break down that belief. But the core belief for me and finances that I held on to right well and truly into my 40s was when I was roughly about six years of age and I found this out via hypnosis that I was witnessed my parents arguing. So I witnessed my parents having a massive argument and my father had missed an inheritance, which my mum was saying, you should contest the will. And he really should have contested the will, but he was of the belief, if that's the way the will was written, then that's the way the will was written. Today, it would have been shattered, right? It would have absolutely been smashed. My mom's begging my father, please, if we have that money, we can send our children to private school. My dad says, very abruptly, money does not make you happy. And the conversation ended. That imprinted on my mind, money doesn't make you happy. Okay, do I want to? have money in my life if I, in my, as I grow up? Yeah, well, I need it to live. But the other conflicting belief, and this is where a lot of us can have conflicting beliefs. When we have the conflicting belief, then we will self-sabotage. So it's a good thing to think about these things. And I could consciously think about the, the money associated to me with my charging for my psychic abilities, my mediumship abilities. I could be very logical about that. Okay, yeah, society says this, but that's actually not true. But when you have beliefs that are so deep that the conscious mind's not accessing them, this is where I come in and I can help. So I, with this story, what happens is I got that picture and then I was able to consciously understand, okay, my mum, my whole life, love her. She's beautiful. She wanted the best for me. She absolutely wanted the best for me. And she wanted me to do what was in my heart, what my desire was, what my goals were. So she always raised me and my brothers, do what makes you happy, right? Bang, conflicting belief. I have to do what makes me happy. And then my dad's belief, money doesn't make you happy. Am I going to be wealthy? <laughs> Not in finance. <laughs> Not in finance, right? So the moment I was able to consciously go, okay, I can see how this is playing out in every area of my life now. Within months, I had bought a, an investment property, which I found very quickly. I was able to buy it hundred thousand dollars Australian dollars under market within three years I doubled my money simply nice. by smashing through that one belief excellent what a great story to share is this a good time for us to share about our limiting beliefs that we've got from maybe yeah. the two most influential people in our lives say mum and dad if you were brought up with your mum and dad 
Absolutely. So Ali, uh, things are like, you know, you've got to work hard for money is, is a great one, right? Um, filthy rich. Who's going to want, a mon want money if you're filthy rich, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, absolutely. This is great for your listeners to understand and start to think about what stories they were told. Absolutely, Ali. I'd love to hear yours and Brad's. Okay, well, I, I don't mind going first because I've done so much work on this because this is really... Yeah, thanks for sharing. Those subconscious, those seeds that are planted in our subconscious mind, we block them, don't we, Jane? I've learned that through our rapid transformational Yeah, we suppress it and then we don't know it. We're not aware that it exists because of us. So many questions. So I was raised by my financially. I've late, I've, I've attached my perception of my mum being very hardworking, financially savvy. Money's about security and independence. So I thought that's a great message, but my perception of my mum, only perception, because my, my husband, Rob, has a different perception of my mum. I saw my mum was hardworking and raised three teenagers later in life when my mum and dad separated. She worked really hard, didn't take a sick day as a primary school teacher raising three teenagers. So I had this perception that, yes, you work hard for your money. And on my polar opposite, my dad, who was layback, cool, live in the now type guy, he was wealthy in other areas of his life, family, friends, and fun, but not financial wealth. So I had this message saying, hey, I've got to work hard to, to be secure and have independence. And, and that means properties. And I have been like so motivated by that. That was my, my, my journey. And then I've just taken years to realize that it actually is a balance. So that we don't have to work really hard all the time to earn the money we have to bring into balance. But yeah, so I look back now after 30 years of running a business, I'm thinking, wow, there's, there's more to life than just working hard just yeah. to get financial security and independence because I had that years ago, but I'm still having that limiting belief. Yeah, and what I heard from that is I bet you don't allow yourself to have many sick days either. Yes, <laughs> We're never sick. We're healthy, see, so have this, which is great, especially now. I'm healthy. I'm living to 100. It used to be 100. I've just added 10 years. I've decided I'm living to 110. Those are the sort of things I tell myself. Yeah, but we also are allowed to have sick days, right? You know, that belief of mum has to mum has to work nonstop. She can't stop working because she's got those kids to look after. She cannot take a break. But the truth is, actually, we can be wealthy and we can self-care. So we can we don't have to work hard. We can look after ourselves. We can nurture ourselves and also bring in the abundance. Beautifully said. Lovely message. Thank you. It's like a, a therapy session right now or an empowering session. Thanks, Jake. You're welcome. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I think for me, definitely the same thing about working hard, right? So dad, you know, looking at his parents growing up, it was a constant struggle for them. And a lot of those lessons have imprinted. And so it's a struggle for him. It's all about working hard. There's no... Um, there's no, you know, looking for the hacks, looking for the opportunities, doing something on the side. It's all just uh, going through the motions of the the system and, you know, having a job, doing what you can, but not looking beyond, not looking for other opportunities uh, as such. And so on mum's side, it's, you know, saving. So buy in bulk, buy on special, which are good lessons. But it's all around this scarcity mentality. Money is very, very hard to come by. 
and you know that's very much uh imprinted itself on me and i'm working to resolve that but yeah growing up um we never you know went without anything significant but it was that money was not abundant either yeah exactly oh thank you for bringing up scarcity and abundance because i i think that's i was brought up that from a scarcity mentality as well so money's to be valued held on to and saved you work hard save make sure you have it because my parents are older than than brad's parents and so my dad would have come out of the great depression and my mom wasn't too far out of that so they i've heard that they can either spend it because they went without so when they get it they spend which is a little bit like my dad so the money that came in it left him he was all about you know having a good time and then whereas mom similar like only about seven years different my mom was like coming out of that you know the rations and the going without but so she valued it, made her dollar go further. So yeah, great point. Absolutely. And you know, you'll have people buying in bulk. We'll buy in bulk because we say, but actually most of the food goes off or the most of the food goes out of date. Um, and, and it's actually really not working. Um, so it's actually those thinking about those beliefs, thinking about where they came from. Um, the one where, you know, oh my gosh, like your father, I think I heard you say, Ali, where he was like, I get the money and I have to get rid of it. You know, it's that mentality is very much, you know, that's where we're sabotaging. It's very, very common. Um, I must get rid of it. And if you look at um, lottery winners, right, it's a great, I love the story of lottery winners and both of you will know that, you know, they get the money and they can't get it, it like just, they can't hold it. It's like falling through their fingers and that comes down to their mindset. 100% to their mindset. They don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. I haven't worked hard for it. So if you just have that one belief that you must work hard for money and you win the lottery, you will never hold on to it. Yeah, great. I know the statistics say within three years, there's nothing. But if I won the lottery, I'd be buying all the hard assets that would go up in value. But can I just um, add something that uh, I believe that I was... I manifested being out of my mum and dad's will as well. And it's, it was, I've been doing a lot of Brendan Brashard's work recently and uh, Eka, uh, what's his name? Harv Eka as well. And I didn't contest my mum's will because I thought family comes first. But when I look back on my thoughts and um, thoughts and feelings, I don't believe that I deserve the, it was like free money. And then once I have this awakening and do the work that you that you do with us, Jane, I realized, oh, I so deserve like something on one of the kids. But there's a great book that just I prompted to bring up was uh, The Millionaire Next Door, which I brought up too. And they bring up that fact about wills. Like, so a parent would will children differently once they get to become an adult because some financially do well and some financially struggle. So the parent likes to help the, the juvenile dependent one, which is actually not helping them at all. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and the other thing is that people have that poverty belief as well. So, you know, you can hear the poverty belief in people. Well, 
I come from poverty, so I could never, I could never get out of poverty. You know, it's another mindset. Once you're there, you can't get out and, and you're trapped there. I very much see that with my husband who is English, but grew up in council houses. And, you know, it's, it's that idea of like being able to actually have something, you know, I, I just took control of the finances because I knew that I don't want to let him put influence the poverty mindset around that. Um, and he's okay with that. Um, but he will say, you know, no, I haven't got any poverty mindset. <laughs> but you give him some money and it's gone. <laughs> and it's like he gives it to everyone else. Everyone, you can have it, yeah? Yes, can you, I? Oh, sorry, you go, Brad, you go. How would you go about shattering that, Jane? So do you think a few rags to riches stories um, would change someone's mindset? Or do you think, oh, do you think they would say, oh, they're exceptions, you know, I can't do that? Yeah, well, people will justify it absolutely in their mind. They'll justify it and see it that way. But that's why it's so important to look at your beliefs. Look at your beliefs, where they're coming from. Catch yourself. Mm. You know, if you hear yourself going, you know, oh, look at, you know, you see a Bentley go past and you're like, oh, look at them, filthy rich. Catch yourself saying that, you know, if that's what you, if you see, instead of like saying, wow, look at them, good on them. I celebrate. For me, I catch, I catch any of those beliefs and I celebrate with them. I'm like, wow, they must feel amazing to have achieved that. Lucky them. I'm just as lucky as them as well. So to flip the belief, you know, so catch that. So this is the first thing I would say, Brad, is absolutely catch those thoughts. The minute you have a belief, a strong belief coming up in your mind, it's going to come up in your body as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so if I saw, yeah, for example, if I see someone going in a Bentley, which is really interesting, that's the car my husband's got his sights on, I would say, yeah, great, beautiful car. He must have worked hard for that, you know, as opposed to the lucky, you know, abundance mindset, as opposed to the scarcity, working hard to earn those beautiful material things. Yeah, yeah so see... Straight away there, Ali, you've been able to look just from that one story. And that's what I hope to bring to your listeners as well, for them just to listen to these stories. And how does that affect me? Just as, you know, the Bentley drives past, we have the, oh, they're filthy rich, dirty. They must have got it through drugs, you know, all this negative stuff, right? So how, what are you thinking? How are you thinking when you're judging, when you're looking and judging? Beautiful example, Ali, that you said, Oh, I look at that Bentley and go, gee, they must have worked really hard for their money. So they're the belief that you need to smash, right? Because we simply know that you can make money by while you sleep these days. Yes, sure can. And then I would say, wouldn't I, Jane? Oh, they worked hard to get there before they earned the money while they sleep. You know what Correct. I mean? I keep coming back to that work because it's really, you know, I need to do another rapid transformational <laughs> session with you, I think. That's, that's oh, this is the first step though, Ali, and yeah. Brad, you know, this, Brad, you just yeah. asked that question. This is really the first step. Listen to your language, catch yourself. And if you can just repeatedly start, you know, catching yourself and just reframing it because the mind can't tell the difference between truth and lies. So if you, if you are telling your mind constantly that you have to work hard for money, it's going to go right. Okay, you have to work hard for your money. If you can say opportunity surrounds me, I'm surrounded by opportunity and mm. I'm an abundance magnet. Nice. I much prefer that. <laughs> Mind is going to go, oh, is that what you would like? Okay, let's go forward and look for abundance for you. 
So the first step is awareness, being aware of our thoughts and then the feelings you attach to it if it's a strong belief and then relanguaging it, reframing it. That's going to be a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah, it's so easy, it's hard. Yeah, it sounds too easy to, to be true, too good to be true, but it's not. It is true. That's right. It, it is. And, you know, another thing is, you know, uh, you, we hear yours loud and clear, Ali. Yours is you really got to work hard for money. You've got to work hard. Otherwise, you're not going to deserve it, right? But other ones are, you know, I'm not worthy. Yeah, if you come from poverty background, I don't deserve it. Yeah, so it really is. It's not just about listening to how the words that come out of your mouth, but also how you feel. Would I be able to ask a question there? This came up very recently with a family member who she perceives me to be money hungry. I'm all about the money. <laughs> and of course, we know I've already shared my story, but her story that she let out, I'd love to share with everyone, is that it got to when I you know, went back and forth with the conversation, she said, yeah, because money's evil. And I went, oh, there it is. That's right. Because she gives a little bit like my dad gives, shouts, everyone generous. And oh, I don't know whether it's going to be a good one, but it's like, oh, I'm so, what upsets me is watching people be wasteful. If I perceive them to be wasteful, especially when I see people struggling, financially struggling, I think, wow, that is so much a choice because you could actually just turn that spending tap, tap down and just, you know, hold and buy things that you need rather than things that you want or you don't even need. It's like an emotional driver there. So what would you say to those people, Jane, who have that mindset of money's evil or they must have walked over people to where they are and those sort of things? Yeah, beautiful. I love those analogies. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, to, you know, for you, how you are looking at them, Ali, is because you have the knowledge, you hold the knowledge, but it's important to remember not everybody holds knowledge, which is why you, both of you are doing what you're doing now. But also just for them to say, for me, you know, I, I try not to judge when I look, you know, whatever it is, so I can see them being wasteful. I now look at them and go, wonder where their, wonder where their conflicting beliefs are, because they wouldn't want, to, we won't choose to be in poverty, right? Yeah. So, where, so I, for me, I'm like, I wonder where their their belief is and your, uh, I think with your family, I think you might have said it was your sister. Um uh, that money is evil such a common one such a common one now if money is evil and i would say that's that's a cultural uh, a, a cultural possibly religious belief religious, uh, religious belief she did say yeah possible religious belief happening there that if it's evil are you going to want to have it no that's why she shares it and gives it and from a religious perspective, she would be getting brownie points, stripes for giving. I'm giving. going to give it away because I get it and it's evil to have it, so I must give it. And then she's getting her feel good from the giving, right? But actually, if we know, the more we have, the more we can give. That's right. And the more, the more of you, whoever you already are, you can be more of who you already are. So if you've got a great mission where you want to help people and serve people, well, then you've got to reach and save more people, touch more people's lives. Yeah, so it's just literally, you know, for that person, she should be catching herself every time she's trying to give it away to think, hang on, why don't I deserve it? Yeah. yeah? 
it's like is a is a this is where the conflicting belief can come in sometimes so the the belief is the the religious belief that if you have money it's evil uh and then there's a well i'm not i i want to be worthy of my religion so i must not have money so whatever i get i will give back i'll either give to my church or i will give to the community yeah yeah so you've got to look at so it's not just one angle we have to look at it from other angles as well so there's multi-facets to to the belief system sometimes it's easier to come and see somebody like me that will help you that you smash through it because it's sometimes it is literally smoke and mirrors for us so yeah yeah that's why you you go into the hypnosis kick into the subconscious brain go right back to when you're a child when we had our sessions together, I wouldn't have dreamt in a hundred years the stories that came up for me, which was attached to a limiting belief. So it's so profound what you're doing, Jane. It's really yeah, great. And people always think they know where their issues are and they're quite surprised when they come out um, of hypnosis with me and find where the, the reason they're stuck what for whatever reason it's not you know we can be stuck in many areas of our lives but uh in regards to money they'll be quite often really surprised yeah oh it makes me want to book in another session with you <laughs> i think i will and any listeners brad will share later where they can find you yeah. what would you like to add to the conversation brad i've got a question on that point so can somebody just, you know, think about their childhood, think about uh, times when money's been a topic of conversation, whether it's taught explicitly or implicitly in uh, a throwaway comment or something that was uh, particularly profound? Or do you find uh, in a lot of cases, it comes out through the hypnotherapy, through the, uh, the more, uh, you know, deeper analysis of it rather than just thinking back to memories yeah so for example the the fight that my parents had over the will I actually consciously remember that so I consciously remember that argument but I didn't understand how that argument impacted my life right. and, and so it took me to um it took me to review do a life review about money mindset so you can do it consciously you don't have to do it with the subconscious mind which is the hypnotherapy but what i find is if people have done the work in the conscious mind and they're still sabotaging themselves then somewhere there's going to be a conflicting belief right i was very aware that yes of that argument and money doesn't make you happy and that's how I was always raised money doesn't make you happy and and I could go oh yeah well you know I've got enough but it, uh, for me to link the two of money doesn't make you happy is dad's belief and and mum's belief is I just want you to do what's happy I didn't link that they were conflicting until I was in hypnosis right and then I was able to go hang on now I can see the, the, con, the conflicting belief. So now I can undo that as well. So sometimes we can absolutely, Brad, do the work in our conscious state. But it's if you know that you keep sabotaging yourself, then I would say the conscious mind is suppressing. So our conscious mind will suppress painful memories. Um, so, you know, when I work with my clients that have... Um, uh, money blocks quite often there'll be divorce in the family 
um, and you know you've got mum wealthy or dad wealthy and then the other one not wealthy and that worthy and you go to the other parent and and you beg for money and the child being pulled into the drama of the adults and money being a big part of it you know that can really uh, give us a you know, a hurdle in our adult life to get over and get through. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be quite, you know, like my parents were very happily married and I had a complete sabotaging money belief. That is really, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I reflect back to most of my arguments or in my perception, because I believe that we filter our world according to what's important to us, so your values. So the conversations or the arguments that I tuned into on with my parents were arguing, was centered around money. But my brother and sister didn't tune into those conversations, obviously, they're, they're, they belong to me. They're individual, aren't they? And now I remember, it's just prompted a memory. This is what my mom used to say to my dad. She would continually tell him off for, for buying things that he didn't need. You would buy a wooden leg if it was going cheap, Len. That's what she used to say to him. So this is the, this is the breakthrough for me today. Again, Jane, thank you. Your work is amazing. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, these are all, you know, that's a beautiful one. I love that one. <laughs> you know, you buy a wooden leg, right? Or, you know, and the other one is, you know, oh, some people can sell, you know, ice to the Eskimos. Yes. You'd be one of those people that would buy ice from an Eskimo, you know, like, you know, the, you'd be the Eskimo that buys ice, sorry. You know, so it's those kind of things, those those beliefs very much by our parents and our parents generate. This is generational. It's not something that, you know, it comes through these layers, but they are they're embedded in us excellent because we're all about the youth and families jane that's prompted a great question so we know how we're brought up and brad is a gen y so he's younger than you and i and i'm older than you jane but so we've been planted these seeds by our by our parents handed down generations our family cycle what's going on today with our millennials which are the, or the young one and the youth in particular, who are our future generation. And yeah. they have been known and they're criticized for being entitled. What can our parents do to see to knock this out of them? Because like, obviously us Gen Xs are planting a different seed possibly, because I think I've just dawned on me because we don't want them to be like our parents were planning these limiting beliefs so they have like a an abundancy mindset almost the way they not to judge them it is a judgment I'm looking in thinking you're wasting all this money because you haven't got hard assets that will earn money over time and set you up for your future and I see them living in the now spending in the now on different things so what could we what message could we share with parents raising our youth today and what youth will be listening as well possibly yeah, well, quite exactly that, you know, our generations growing up, you know, as you said, uh, our parents have, you know, possibly been without, they've gone through wartime, some of them, they will remember that they will be remembering the stories and you have to remember prior to television, we very much heard stories. So now the story, you know, our generation as well, I don't need to finish all the food on my plate. I can leave it. I can have extra. I can have excess. So this whole excess world is absolutely there now. But we get to that point. It's going to be hard. I absolutely say it's going to be hard for them. Yeah. And, the, and I think, you know, it's also quite concerning that they're going to be, a lot of them are going to be dying before their parents. Really? 
Yeah, because of the food that people are consuming, because now there's this excess of food as well. So it's not just an abundance of, of, you know, everything and anything I want, which we can have, you know, the charity store now it's fashionable to go to because you can go and get clothes the same prices that, you know, you can go to a shop and get a T-shirt for $2, right? So there is excess. So nobody that is poor shops in the charity shop now the charity shop has kind of become fashionable right for some people so it's this excess everybody has excess and everyone wants new but there's going to be a breaking point absolutely and 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 i think you know the planet is screaming right now we can see clearly i mean this isn't just about uh, clothing this is about food we know the cons that how much food is being consumed and how much meat products is being consumed by the world now you know do we say is COVID a as a result of how much food we we're eating we know that the amount of meat we consumed like 20 years ago is so much smaller than what we do now you know, we have excess food. So what's happening is we eat more. So what is happening is this generation is going to be dying before their parents. Yeah, great point. I wouldn't have even thought that because I know what our youth are passing away from, like taking their own lives and not being able to handle, you know, not having strategies to deal with anxiety, depression and, and, and comparing their lives to others possibly because this could be, we would welcome you back, Jane, for another, that's like going down another path okay. to that. Could we bring up on that? Because I think that self-love, self-kindness, I'm enough Absolutely. is a very important thing to talk about. If we could invite you back, we would love to share all those beautiful things. I'd love to come back. It's a big subject and, and I'm very passionate about our young people uh, reaching out and tapping into their inner source and, and, and not wasting. They're here for a reason. They're here for a reason and, and it's a tragedy to lose a life. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. And there's an, there's an excess of alcohol and drugs and all those things on the street because I've been around it quite a while and I just don't remember seeing it so easy to get and not to uh, really trying to take the judgment away. Uh, I've been raising my three, my three kids and now they're two of them in their 20s and one of them in their late, oh, sorry, teens, but, you know, over the age of 18. And I'm just astounded by the parents that might, actually help their children access alcohol and that's just another whole conversation that the damages of alcohol for a young mind that hasn't developed is just they just don't know what they're doing because parents aren't our children's friends they're the we are the parents we need to set boundaries to protect them we're not their mates we're not their friends I would just love to just throw that in there Absolutely, totally I 100% agree with you there Ali and that's you know we that is hard sometimes you do have to be the bitch mummy and 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 put in those boundaries and they're there for a reason yeah. um and I don't I mean I say bitch mummy but really you know sometimes we've got to toughen up and it's exactly as you said we are not here to be friends we are here to raise you to give you the skills so you can go out and navigate in this chaos that the world is now yeah chaos Oh, that's excellent. Do you the conversation can just go down different tracks and Brad's job's to keep bringing me back in. And Brad, would you like to add anything to that uh, cool conversation or informative conversation? Thanks, I just Jane. think we should definitely do a podcast on that topic. But as for today's conversation around the money and the mindset, I think my key takeaway from today is to operate very, very consciously and to, you know, watch our thoughts. And it's not watching from a judgment perspective. It's, it's not, oh, I'm so negative all the time and beat yourself up because then that 
just becomes more of a problem, right? It's about watching it and saying, okay, I caught myself thinking this in this circumstance, probably not the healthiest response. What would a better response be? Or can I just not, not think that way? You don't need to substitute every negative thought with a positive one it might help. But if you can't bring yourself to do that, then just cut the negative ones. What about you, Ali? Oh, yeah, that was excellent, Brad. Yeah. Oh, Jane, thank you for this incredible session. <laughs> it's like you've so helped me. So, and Brad will share later where, you, where everyone can find you. My biggest takeaway was right from the outset, Jane, where you said that you've been dealing with clients from youth to in their 80s. And that just brings it to the attention that it's never too late to address or, try, you know, to find and search for someone like you, Jane, that can help us identify these limiting beliefs. It's never too late and it's never too early either. And I loved how you used the word life review. So yeah, it does help if we're consciously aware, like Brad just brought up then, that we're consciously aware of like where these limiting beliefs come from in our early childhood. But then you're going to, with your work, that you marry the two so we understand the conflicting beliefs so that we can blow that out of the water and then live the life that we deserve. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, great. Absolutely. Bringing kindness. I teach my clients to bring self-care, kindness, and then the transformation comes. Lovely. We've got to be our own best friend. I just can't believe self-love is. If we could, you know, lock that in for self-love, self-kindness, I am enough for another session, we would really love that, wouldn't we, Brad? Absolutely. And Jane, any key takeaways from you that you want the listeners to uh, take away or to put into practice in action in their life. Yeah. So that would be mine. Like, you know, just start to bring kindness to yourself and not judgment and, and, and nice words rather than so many of us berate ourselves and we punish ourselves. Like I shouldn't have bought that top or I shouldn't have bought that. Yeah. So instead of saying, why, why did I buy that? Actually, I don't think I need that. I'm not going to punish myself now, but next time I'm going to have a thought about it. I'm going to be conscious about it in the moment, as you were saying, Brad. Yeah, so I would say just try and catch yourself in the moment and think about where you are spending your money and actually, do I need that or am I buying it because I feel like I want it and I feel like I'm not enough in another area, so I want it to fill up. Great, yeah, great. answer. So before we wrap up, Jane, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, so you can hit my website. I'm janehall.com.au. So just J-A-N-E, hall, H-A-L-L.com.au. Oh, excellent, Jane. Brilliant. Thanks Thank a lot. Great Thank conversation. Yeah, great conversation. Thanks so much for join, joining our convo today, Jane, and for all the work that you've done for my family and I. I'm so, I'm so grateful I, that my son introduced me to you all you know a year ago thank you jane thanks brad thank you for having me thanks for joining us be sure to like follow subscribe and we'll see you again next time bye for now bye, bye for now <laughs>